This is the coach, and this is Radio TFS, one of those fancy pants podcasts for developers like you boyos. Now everybody get together and squeeze. Hello, and welcome to episode 21, The Beta One Show. I'm Mickey Gousset, and co-hosting with me today is Martin Woodward. Hello, Martin. Hi, Mickey. Good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you. I feel like I've just seen you. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that long ago. So, well, I don't know. If I've recovered from TechEd. I've slept for about a week after I got home. So uh, that's where where we were where we were last talking. So yeah, good to see you in person for a change. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Well, we've got a good bit to talk about today. We want to discuss some of the different Beta 1 news that's going on out there as well as, as anything else that comes to mind. But first thing I want to do is just kind of talk about TechEd and our experience there. Because Martin and I both got to speak this year, which was really pretty exciting. So give me your perspective of TechEd, Martin. It was interesting. Obviously, it was um, quite uh, IT pro heavy, um, which you know was interesting, especially as we were around by the developer tools area for Microsoft. We saw a lot more DBA types, you know, which was interesting because a lot of them hadn't really had any exposure um, to Team System and to the Data Dude functionality. So that was quite exciting for them. And then um, the kind of people that we were talking with, you know, there was. Because we've been, like you, I've been doing these shows now for a, a good few years, and it's really uh, great to see the increased level of maturity in the questions. You know, rather than people coming up and saying, "Hey, what's Team System?" Well, you know, which we got the odd question. Mostly, when people came up and asked questions, it was you know about a very specific thing with the product that um, you know they, they were having trouble figuring out. So, no, that was that was great to see. How about yourself? It went, it went really, really well. I saw that a lot of people were coming in and were really interested in the 2010 Architecture Edition because we were the only booths that had the 2010 content that could show. So a lot of people were coming down, especially after sessions where they were talking about all the new stuff that's coming in the Architecture Edition and hitting the architecture side. Now, one thing I did notice about TechEd is it was a lot smaller this year. With it being the combined IT pro and developer, I was expecting, you know, ten to 15,000 people like they've been in the past, and there's only about seven, which I guess with the recession and whatnot, that's to be expected. But it was still a great show from the questions, the people that were coming down. And like you said, a lot of people weren't asking the, you know, what is Team System, but they were asking the, this is what I want to do with it. Can you help me figure out exactly how to make it work that way? Yeah. So from that standpoint, it was really exciting. Definitely, and I probably should explain that uh, for people that haven't, you know, been to a tech head and things like that. Because I certainly had never been been to you know got to one before. I could actually you know work these type of events, um, as well as having lots of sessions, which um, you know the, the breakout sessions and things, which both Mickey and I were lucky enough to to have a breakout session to present. Um, they also have um, a bunch of. Uh, basically stands um, for different products, you know, in the Microsoft area, like Team Foundation Server had a stand and the Architecture Edition had one and, you know, and SQL Server had one and, you know, Silverlight have one and everybody has one, basically, one of these little booths uh, that you can stand at with a couple of computers on. Um, and me and Mickey were both banning, manning one of these boobs as as MVPs because you know our product group likes to uh, likes to get like real people in to talk to real people rather than it all being product group people. But if you've never if you've if you get a chance to go along to a TechEd or a PDC or, or one of these Microsoft events, then you should definitely um, make sure you head down to these 
Um, they call them like Ask the Experts areas or technical learning centers. Make sure you head down there and, and, and talk to people because in like five minutes, you can get the five-minute demo of something rather than having to attend a, a whole breakout session and maybe not necessarily get exactly the, the questions answered that, you know, you, you might needed to um, just head down, get the five minute demo and then just chat with the guys. Cause often you get to like on our stand, you know, we had a couple of guys like Greg Bohr and Ed Holloway, you know, who, who are working on the, the product itself and you get a chance to give them feedback um, and also ask questions of the people that, you know, wrote the stuff. So it's invaluable really. It is. It is. Um, I want to change gears a little bit on you and talk to you about Twitter for a second. Oh, so, okay. Obviously, you're on Twitter. I'm uh-huh. on Twitter. A lot of people are on Twitter. I'm Mickey underscore Gousset, and then you're Martin Woodward. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I've noticed, I've started using a, a, a new Twitter client called TweetDeck, which other people have used, and I just started using. But one of the things you can do with TweetDeck, which I think is cool, is I can set up searches. So I can set up searches where I search all the different posts or tweets out there for like TFS or VSTS. So I've set up a search now in TweetDeck where I'm seeing, where I'm searching for those keywords. So I'm getting back all these people that are making both positive comments about Team Foundation Server and Team System and negative comments, Mm. people that I don't follow, but I'm seeing their comments. So I'm trying to then follow up with those people and say, okay, well, what's your, what's your issue? You know, see if I can help. So I'm trying to try to use Twitter not just as a let me update people on what I'm doing, but tr- as another way to reach out into the community to try to to help people around Team System and Team Foundation Server. No, it's definitely. I mean, it's something I've been doing for a while as well. You know, I I kind of call it proactive support. So as well as my normal support roles, I'm I you know go out and listen for people who are. Um, often frustrated with both Team Foundation Server and Team Prize out in the community and just go and like chat to them and see, you know, can you help? Hey, did you know about this feature? Did you know about shelving? Did you know about offline? Or, or, um, you know, or, or even get from them, oh, look, this is a common, you know, people have problems with workspaces and stuff. And that's an interesting thing because there were definitely, there are definitely a number of areas that people, have common problems with you know um both picking that up from twitter which people twitter when they're frustrated quite often <laughs> as well exactly tfs what's it done this for crazy thing and then when you talk to talk back to them often and um, you can either help them out or they figure it out themselves but yeah and and when we were working on the booth as well there were quite a few like common questions that people that people came to the booths with at TechEd. you know a lot of people were um uh, we're deciding that now is the time for them to move off source safe, you know, and and they've heard of Team Foundation Server as Microsoft's next version of source safe. That's how that's how they know of it, if you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. they're coming with that opinion and then wanting educated, you know, that was something I found common. I don't know. What, what about you? What else, what else have you found common hot topics lately? Have people interested in? The biggest hot topic that I've seen is a lot of people keep comparing Team Foundation Server to Subversion and Git uh-huh. and saying how they much prefer Subversion and Git. But it's interesting because when I say give me some specific reasons why, a lot of times they can't. Yeah. They, they, they can't verbalize what it is that they don't like about Team Foundation Server that they do like about 
the Subversion Git. So I've obviously need to go install Subversion in Git and and start seeing if I can figure out what some of those pain points are and how they can be addressed. So I think one of the things possibly is um, uh, well, obviously uh, Git's a very completely different model because that's you know a distributed source control system, um, and the distributed version control systems use a completely you know a completely different mind model for for how you have to think about that. And if you actually head over to um, my uh, my boss Eric Sink uh, EricSink dot com, you head over to his blog. Um, he's got some articles where he's sort of exploring um, distributed version control for a book he's currently writing on on source control systems. So if you, if you follow, yeah, because Eric's got the source control how to, which is a very good set of articles around source control, um, and you know he was aware that he was missing a big chunk on distributed version control and it's an area he actually knew quite a bit about so um, he's kind of exploring that and you know documenting that as he goes along which is interesting if you're inter- interested in that sort of thing and then with subversion um, I think a, a lot of people are used to it but um, because because of the files being um, read write locally you know um, it's a lot there's a lot less friction there. It's a lot more transparent to people, um, and also they can they can do stuff locally. Like they can they could move the folder that contained their right. local copy of the files, move it somewhere else, delete a few things, and then just say, "Hey, uh, update," um, and Subversion will go figure out what's happened because. Because Team Foundation Server, obviously, um, I think we talked about this in the past. The way it maintains that um, excellent performance over a wide area network is that it it, it maintains a server side copy of of the workspace state, so it, it knows on the server um, what what versions you have of everything, which is good and bad. And um, the good thing is is that it's you know saves a lot of messing about, and um, you can you know when you say to the server, "Give me get latest," it just sends you you know the the ten bytes that have changed since the last time you did a get latest. You know, which is obviously speed things up enormously. But the the downside is 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 a lot, a loss of this, a lot of, you know, a lot of this flexibility which people see with something like Subversion. So, be interesting, be interesting to see how they address that going forwards. You know, in the future with the product, we certainly see a lot at Team Prize because um, a lot of the people in the Java space, you know, uh, they've obviously come from say Subversion or CVS backgrounds. Whereas in the Microsoft space, there's you meet a lot of more source safe people. Another thing. Exactly. With TFS and workspaces, I mean, a reason, another reason why it works the way it does, you know, where it asks you, you have to kind of ask it permission to check out a file, is because TFS obviously has a much, like, it has a hugely fine-grained um, security model, um, and is geared very, is very enterprisey. You know, it's geared very much to the needs of enterprises, uh, where they want to. Um, potentially change the permissions on a folder so you no longer have permission to, to check it out. Um, and then when you go to check it out, you, you can no longer do that, if you know what I mean. You can no longer edit on that file. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a, it's coming at it from a different <laughs> mindset, you know. Um, it's, it also assumes you're always connected, you know what I mean. It, it's kind of got this always online model as opposed to subversions um, mostly offline model. So, no, it's, it's interesting, definitely. Um, and it'd be good to see, you know, what, what people can learn. The subversion people obviously uh, pick up, you know, on features f- from TFS um, and and vice versa. So, no, it's good, it's good to see what people are bitch and moan about. 
<laughs> Let me ask you now. Before we start talking about Beta One, are mm. you aware? Are you aware that there is an iPhone app out now for Team Foundation Server? TFS to go, indeed. I've had it installed for a while. I'm quite gutted that uh, it was um, one of Ed Blankenship's colleagues, you know, a good friend of ours. Um, mm-hmm. He, um, he from Infogistics, one of his colleagues, uh, has put the iPhone application up. And um, you know, I've, it's something I've always I've been toying with as a little pet project. Uh, and uh, yeah, he beat me to it. So, <laughs> so what? Ex- what? Ex- I have not looked at it because I okay. do not have an iPhone. So, give mm-hmm. give us a thirty second spiel of what it does. Basically, it hooks up to the um, builds, so you can look at build details and stuff and check build reports. That's basically what it currently does, um, its current incarnation, which is exactly the first step that I was going to do. So it talks directly to the uh, TFS web services, um, and performance is currently not that great on it. But it's, you know, it's version one of the product, and uh, um, you know, it's still worth checking out if you want to keep an eye on builds and things. You need to already have um, a connection to your TFS server, either um, have the web services available over the internet, or you know, have a VPN connection already set up from your iPhone or iPod Touch um, hooked into your network to be able to talk to your server but yeah works treat so uh tfs to go if you want to have a look at that sweet so let's talk about what everyone's been playing with for the past couple of weeks which is the beta one of visual studio team system 2010 and tfs 2010 so we have a link in the show notes to the 2010 beta one website where you can download the beta have you downloaded and installed the beta martin Oh, of course. On the day, on the day it was released. So that if you go to shrinks.com slash 16ZZ, Zulu Zulu, um, you can, you get to the, uh, Visual Studio 2010 and .NET Framework for Beta 1 website. You can download that. But no, yeah. Um, any, any gotchas that you're aware of people that we should warn people, we should warn people about, Mickey? There, there are a couple. Now, I've just installed it, and I just wrote a couple of blog posts up that, that highlight my, my install. And so overall, the install is is much, much easier, especially if you remember the install from 2005 days. But a, there are a couple of, of gotchas to watch out for, one of which is when you're doing the actual install of the beta, when you get to the end of the installation of Team Foundation Server, it's going gonna, it's gonna to prompt you, or do you want to continue with configuration? And there's a little checkbox that you can check. It's going to be checked for you automatically. In beta one, you need to go ahead and continue with the configuration. If you try to do the configuration at a later point in time, you can run into some issues. And Buck Hodges has a great post out there that explains those issues at shrinkster.com slash 1704. So if you do happen to uncheck that box, you didn't go ahead with the configuration at the time, Buck will tell you in that post how to get around that. But the easiest thing to do is to just, you know, walk on through the configuration. As you'll find out, as you'll see when you run the install, the install just installs the, the, the components you need. Whereas the old install used to also do the configuration at the same time. They've now broken off into two separate pieces because Team Foundation Server now has its own little configuration console snap in. It's really pretty cool. One of the things I quite like about that that configuration piece is that it's it's kind of asynchronous as well. So, you know, while it's creating the new project for you, you can you can kind of go away and come back again. You know, it's not uh, not new project, the new project collection for you. Um, you can go away and come back again, and you know that's all separate, which is quite good. And the fact that it is doing the project 
configuration part is completely separate from the um you know the installing the bits part again is is neat you know i mean that some administrate we'd be able to like stand up a tfs server and then get the person who wants the project collections to go in and set the, the project collections how they want to so we're probably going to have to do a show you know that just explains like the new architecture for TFS because it's yes. completely different architecture. <laughs> the internals are very, very different, as I've been finding out recently. But the um, yeah, the, there's a new level of abstraction in there called a project collection, which is what what currently we know of as a Team Foundation server instance. That's kind of what a project collection is in the future. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely do a show all about this, I think. But for now, if people want to check out. Um, the um, Brian Harry did a post on the new features in setup admin and ops. I think that's probably about the best post, uh, which is shrinkshire.com slash seventeen oh five. If you head on over to that one, that'll give you you know a good rundown of what's ch- what's changed in the in the setup and admin area. It's, and and the answer is a lot, and it's a lot of goodness as well. Yeah, there's gonna we're gonna be able to. I suspect a lot of our new um, podcasts will be focused around some of the 2010 stuff because we can take a lot of the new things, just like you said, just talk about the architecture, just talk about the enhancements to work items that are coming, and we can make whole shows out of those. So we've got we've got lots of fodder for our listeners to listen to over the next next couple of couple of months here. Exciting times. Hey, so are you running uh, Windows? Speaking of beta software, are you running Windows Seven RC? I am. I am not. I have not. I don't have a, a good a good enough machine that that'll run it well. So I'm probably going to be getting a new machine about the time it comes out and releases. But what about yourself? Are you doing it? Yeah, I actually was brave enough to use the release candidate uh, as my demo machine during the tech ed, you know, breakout session, which is a bit, some might call that bravery, some might call that foolhardy. But uh, yeah, it worked. It didn't blue screen on me or anything, so that's good. And one thing to bear in mind, um, when you're inst- if you're installing Visual Studio 2010, you know, the beta one, on a Vis- Windows 7 RC or even Windows 7 RTM, you know, when it uh, when that ships, um, you want to um, install, if you install SQL Express, which I often, you know, don't do in the Visual Studio installation, but if you install SQL Express, then you need to go um, install Service Pack 1 for SQL Express before it'll actually work on Windows 7. So um, that's available uh, if you go to shrinkster.com slash 1703 you you'll get a rundown on as to what you need to do there to get to get visual studio 2010 working on windows 7 rc but mostly it's fairly painless and uh, oh i'll tell you just the little things in 2010 are nice you know like the the new look and feel is very pleasant but the way it works with multi monitors and stuff is good you know you can just drag out an editor onto a different monitor you know and like drag out the builds no you know the build explorer and just drag mm-hmm. that and put it over on your second monitor and yeah it's just great i'm oh, really sweet. enjoying it so far yeah yeah it's good yeah the editor the editor was rewritten to be wpf wasn't it yeah i actually did a talk about that a user group recently um and it's a lot it is all wpf based um some people have been having problems with some of the font smoothing, uh, making it look a bit blurry. Uh, so I think the team are looking into that. You know, it depends on like video cards and various other things. But um, no, it, it works really well um, as 
from what I've seen, and you know, it, it seems pretty decent. And um, it's also a lot easier to extend. So you, it uses uh, managed extensibility framework MEF under the covers to plug all the things into it, and you can drop your own extension to the editor in very, very easily. So you know, I can't wait to see what people like the Resharper guys and you know the um, Developer Express guys do when they get their hands on this new editor. You know, if they can make video games out of the current version, then uh, it's going to be amazing what they'll do with a, a WPF version that's been designed to be extensible. It's going to be going to be awesome. Now, one thing I do want to point out to, to any of our listeners here that are going to go out and download the beta and start using it is there is not a go-live license. Now, what I mean by that is if you install Team Foundation Server 2010 Beta 1 and you start trying to use it in production, it's not supported for production use. So there there's not going to be an official upgrade path from Beta 1 to a, a released version. So it's it's much better if you're going to start using the the beta versions of Visual Studio Team System and Team Foundation Server that you do it in some sort of test environment. Definitely. But having said that, there are instructions out there um, if you do want to test how the upgrade process currently is, you know, to go from 2008 to 2010. And I'm sure the team will be very grateful to hear how upgrades have gone, you know, are going against Bay One. Bear in mind, this isn't in-place upgrades here. Don't do that yet. <laughs> yeah, Don't be installing Bay One on your productions no. at all. But uh, if you wanted to test it, if you go to shrinkster.com slash 1700, so 1700, uh, that, that takes you through. There's a few manual steps that are required, you know, to install all the new work item types and work item features into an existing project which which that kind of walks you through apart from that it seems to be pretty good now one of the things i did not get to go to at tech ed one of the sessions i really wanted to go to was they had one on one of the new products in 2010 which is the lab manager product do you what do you know about the lab manager product have you messed with it at all um, not too much. I need, it's one of the things I want to want to sit down and play with, you know, in this first beta. So, um, from what I understand, uh, again, from you know, from what I've seen of the sessions at TechEd and the MVP Summit and things like that, um, it seems to be uh, a product, a new skew um, to Team System that's allowing you to um, manage. Uh, and work with labs of virtual machines to so say if you're wanting to do some testing, you know, against uh, an, an XP box and things like that, then you can, you know, in quickly fire up a test, uh, get hold of a test virtual machine, you know, do all the things you want to do with it to do your testing and then and then put it back down again, um, which would be hugely beneficial for us because uh, we do, you know, we do a lot of testing on a whole raft of different platforms and operating systems. and So, no, it's, it looks a very interesting product, um, but as I say, not, not one that I've played with yet because you actually need to install that um, Unreal hardware. It uses, uh, it's all based around, you know, Hyper-V. So right. um, it's all virtualization, obviously, and uh, so you need real hardware for that. And I'm, I'm waiting on uh, getting approval to buy a big enough box so we can start playing with that sort of thing. So yeah, looks exciting. So I want to touch on what was going to be potentially a, a hot topic with, with some of the people that I've talked to, which was the Visual Studio 2005 support for Team Foundation Server 2010. Yeah, yeah. Because initially, and correct me if I'm wrong, but initially what 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 came out or what we were told was that Visual Studio 2008 was going to be supported and Visual Studio 2003 was going to be supported. But Visual <laughs> Studio 2005 was not going to be supported. 
just just ex- to explain like why why that decision originally had been come to was because um 2003 and vb6 and things like that they all get their access to team foundation server using the miski client mss cci client which is like the old source safe way of you know of things talking to source control systems um visual studio 2005 was the first you know, obviously the first version of Visual Studio that had Team Foundation Server, and and it had the original, you know, the Whitby uh, version, the V1 of the Team Foundation Server client in it. Um, and there've been a huge number of changes to to, to how Team Foundation Server works um, between 2008 and. 2010, you've got this completely change of architecture, um, and a lot of that stuff's actually hidden from you uh, at the object model level. You know, down at the level that I have to work out with team prize down at the web services level, there's been huge changes, um, but a lot of that's actually hidden at the object model level. So if you're looking at the 2010 object model, you're like, oh, you know, why can't they've just done this? It's the same sort of thing. But then you realise there is there is has been a huge number of changes down in that object model in that client layer, and what they were hoping they wouldn't have to do you know was to to re-implement a compatible client layer um for 2005 to make sure 2005 could could talk to 2010 however um looking at uh brian harry's blog post at uh shrinkster.com's uh slash 16 zulu yankee zy um Brian mentioned that you know they weren't going to be supporting 2005, and then they heard an overwhelming amount of feedback from people saying, you know, that's not on. Uh, we we want to move to Team Foundation Server 2010, uh, but we can't because of things uh, like business intelligence stuff. You know, uses it, the SQL is tied, as I understand it, to the Visual Studio 2005 versions. Uh, the BizTalk as well is another common one that's tied to a version of Visual Studio, um, and even though the new versions of Visual Studio, like 2010, have multi-targeting support, so you can target a .NET 2 application from Visual Studio 2010, um, that's not good enough. You know, that's not good enough. They don't have the tools in their version of the IDE, so they needed it in 2005. It's, that's how I understand the complaints, Mickey. And 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 the, you know, the team, to their credit, have have come back and said, okay, fair enough. We're gonna we're gonna invest the time and get 2005 working. We're gonna spend the time it takes. So, which is you know, fantastic news. And again, just goes to show you what a you know what a great product group we're attached to. They actually do listen to customers and and do act on feedback. So that's fantastic. Exactly. Now, some of the now there is no, we don't know yet. What features in 2000 and from Team Foundation Server 2010 will and won't be supported with Visual Studio 2005? That's something that Brian said he'd talk about sometime in the future. So you probably won't be able to necessarily use all of the features from 2005. But if you at least can get to the basics, such as, you know, being able to check in and check out your code and continue to use version control and continue to use work item tracking in some form or fashion, I'm sure that's going to solve what 90% of the people People will need that are still doing 2005 development. Yeah, I can, uh, and I can, I, you know, if I was if I was having to guess again from somebody who's having to do a similar thing for their own software, um, I would imagine things like you know branch visualization and stuff, and a lot of the administration and security features they'll be in 2010, and you can you'll have to have a version of 2010, you know, side by side to be able to use those. But I would hope that what they're doing is just enabling you know basic check in, check out, work item associations from the 2005 client, and just so you can contribute to the project, you know, 
it should be good. And I think that's all people need, if I'm honest, and that, that's good enough for everybody. So, yeah, it's good news. Well, there is there is a lot of great stuff in the beta. I highly recommend people go down and and download it and install it and start looking at it and providing feedback. Is there any final final words of wisdom or, or things you'd like to point out to people before we wrap things up? Um, if you do find issues with the beta, um, and you know there are plenty of them, the team know that there are issues there. Um, but also, if you feel like something's completely gone in the wrong direction, now's the perfect time to be providing people with feedback. So I'll I'll put some links in the show notes. But basically, if you head over to the uh, Rosario forums, um, the product group are very closely monitoring these forums on MSDN uh, to, to you know to get feedback and to answer questions. And then if you find a bug, um, then uh, you know please go to connect.microsoft.com/visualstudio and um, you know leave feedback, report a bug, and you know the, the better your report can be, the more likely you are to solve it. My my uh, one of my you know, crowning achievements is that I've actually in .NET 4.0 there's a fix to the base class libraries that I submitted a bug for in Connect. You know, re- a few a year ago or so. Um, so because I did the bug report and it was a a good clear bug report, um, they f- they fixed this issue in the base class libraries that I was running into, which is you know great great fantastic news. So yeah, it, it stick stuff into Connect and go onto the forums. That's been my advice. Awesome, awesome. And keep listening to Radio TFS, obviously, for more information. And tell your friends to listen to Radio TFS. Exactly. Spread spread the word. Spread the word. We're probably going to have, hopefully, a a good number of podcasts coming out on on 2010 over the next several months. So for your listening pleasure. Do you want to give the email address and things out, Mickey? Yes, we can. You can obviously find us at our website, radiotfs.com. If you want to email us with show ideas, comments, questions, critiques, you can email us at radiotfs at gmail.com. You can also contact us at either teamsystemrocks.com or Martin Woodward, or is it woodwardweb.com. Indeed, Martin Woodward on Twitter. That's what you're thinking of. And there's Martin Woodward on Twitter. It's Mickey Gousset on Twitter. So feel free to to send us any and all feedback. We love getting comments back from the readers. We do our best to respond back to everybody and incorporate what people ask for into into the show. I'm just going to tease as well, Mickey. We've got some great we've got some great shows lining up um, the next few weeks. We're going to try and step up how many Radio TFS episodes we do. That's certainly one piece of feedback I got from TechEd was that people wanted more episodes of Radio TFS for some strange reason. (laughs) So uh, anyway, so we've got some great interviews lined up over the next few weeks. So uh, hopefully you'll be hearing those soon. And we're going to try and do more of these these kind of news recap shows, especially as there's so much information coming out about 2010 at the minute. So, yeah. Well, on behalf of Martin and everyone else that's involved with the Radio TFS, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you again soon. 